yesterday that there was um, sort of a celebration going on. I thought, oh, wouldn't it be nice to come and be there? And while I was praying this morning, I just felt God say something about the future. Just reading from um, Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He wants more salvation. More salvation is coming. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. That's the heart thing that God was doing just now. And he will rejoice over you with singing. And I felt the Lord say there's a new song coming to you. And it's a song um, of salvation. It's like God singing a new song over you. And I felt that the church here will pick it up. And it's also a song of deliverance and um, the setting free. And I just noticed actually the first three choruses were all about God breaking chains, even to amazing grace with that extra bit. My chains are gone. That God's breaking chains and he's going to do that more. And when that happens, often there's a bit of mess, mess around when God breaks and releases people and does stuff. And so there's clearing up to do. Um, this morning I was just trying to help my wife wash up. And um, I went to uh, get a glass with wet hands. And guess what happened? It dropped and broke. So all these glasses over and Di was upstairs and I thought, I've got to clear it up quickly before she gets down. And, and I sort of felt there was something about this breaking of chains that um, don't worry about the, some of the mess it causes. God's, God's going to set people free and release people. And uh, if things are a little bit messy at times, it's okay because there's a new song. It's a song of deliverance and it's a song of salvation. Thank you, that's great. Claire, can you share your thing? Oh, now I'm on the spot. Um, I do remember what I was going to say. Um, I was getting ready this morning, and yeah, it, I was thinking about the nature of this celebration. Is it a birthday? Is it an anniversary? Is it just a straight-up celebration for whatever reason? Um, and the sense I got was, it's a bit like a wedding, uh, where that it's, yeah... We're celebrating what's been, but there's that looking forward with hope and expectation of what is to come. Um, and I just, that's what I wanted to bring. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That's great. Hi, I'm Tom. Um, we were some of those people that moved from Abingdon here uh, way back when, um, for those who don't know me. Um, I was reading this morning about Solomon dedicating the temple. It hadn't struck me till today, but when God's glory came into the temple, it would have been absolutely blinding because he gilded the inside of the holy place. So the walls, the ceiling, the floor was all covered with gold and God's glory and his light would have bounced around that place and bounced around and bounced around. And I just felt God saying today that in his new covenant with Jesus, he's let his glory out the box. In the old covenant, it was stuck in the building, but he's now let it out of the box. And 2 Corinthians 3 says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Holy Spirit. I just really felt God wanted to encourage us all today to lift our eyes to him because we've had it a bit today. That glory rubs off. And that light shines and as the world gets darker, and as we get closer to Jesus and we keep our eyes focused on him, the light gets brighter and God's glory shines in this dark world. And I just feel God saying, 
lift your eyes, saints. Don't look around. Look to me and get big glory chasers, big glory carriers into this dark world. Great. Thank you, Tom. That's cool. God is doing things amongst us. It's wonderful. Great. Come on, then. I think this will be the last one. Go for it, Greg. I just want to give a thanks to God because about 20 years ago, I found out about Christianity through when I was at university. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was, I don't know what to say, really. I mean, I've just had, there's been ups and downs, and um, but there's been so many more better parts of um, being a Christian. It's just been a brilliant time. I remember, um, it's a bit crazy because my dad was Jeremy and Joe's uh, milkman at the time. <laughs> and my mum hadn't been going to church for a while. And I always used to take Mickey out of my mum by making this wooden cross when I was not a Christian and waving it around at the bottom of the garden. And taking the mick out of her faith. And then my mum has a strong faith to this day. And I remember her saying to me, um, Graham, you know you shouldn't do that, don't you? And then I knew deep within me that something... It, I was only young at the time, but I did have that feeling that actually I do believe that there is a God, but I never actually said anything until I was at uni. Um, and I met Jeremy and Joe have been absolutely incredible um, to me. And not just saying all the pastors here have... But um, they put such a desire within me to follow Jesus Christ. And I just want to acknowledge that, really. But, um, yeah, and I remember, I think it must have been about 20, I think it is, was it Jeremy's 50th birthday then? Um, when, he st- when he started. And Joe, and Joe being a lot younger. And... Um, so it's really great to see now Jeremy when now he's 70. But um, <laughs> no, thank you, God, for your input into our lives and with our um, son, Henry, who also, as you many of you know, um, has Down syndrome. But when he was born, things were looking pretty bleak and we were in a very um, desperate sort of time, sort of shouting out to God um, really show us, even though I did believe in God, there's nothing worse than being in a situation where you fully have to rely, really, which in so many ways would be great to, I wish I was like that every single day, and some Christians are like that, but I know that God totally loves me, and um, totally loves everyone, one of us here. Uh, thank you, Lord Jesus, I'm just going to pray, thank you, Lord Jesus, for your input in our lives, Lord, even though we may go off in our own direction. You're fully there. And I just pray now for everyone here to, if you're in a place now where you feel distant from God, that I pray that he would reveal himself to you in a way that you'd understand, which may be totally different to someone by the side of you, but in a way that you would feel his presence. In Jesus' name. Uh, thank you all the support, by the way, from the church when we went through that period with Henry. But he's doing so amazing now. Thank you. Okay, take. Thanks, Greg.
That's brilliant. If other people have testimonies they'd like to share of what God has done, if you're on the King's Church Facebook group, do put it on there and share testimony that way because we've not got time for more today, but God has done such good things. I have one notice to make before Neil and speak, which is congratulations to Alan and Jane on 50 years of marriage. So, <laughs> and they're looking jolly good on it. So that's great. Neil and Dee, would you like to come? Have we got? Are you going to use this, or do you want the? Um... I prefer the clippy thing if that's possible. But Dee will use that one. Okay. Dee doesn't like clippy things. Let me just give you that. introduce you. I thought I'd better introduce them actually, I should do that. So um, Neil and Dee um, are great friends, they've been great friends to us and to this church over many years. They lead our Open Gate group of churches um, as well as leading Wantage Community Church. So it's wonderful to have them with us today and to hear what they've got to say. Can I pray for you guys? Please do. Father, Please I do. want to thank you for Neil and Dee. I want to thank you for the way that they are a blessing to us. And I pray now that as they speak, their words will go into our hearts and bear good fruit. Mm. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, it is a true joy and privilege to be with you this morning. Um, what a fantastic occasion. 20 years. You, you don't look very happy about that. <laughs> I thought it was a good thing. I was kind of expecting people to smile at that point. It was like, actually, you know what? Well done. Well done. Woo. And just before we go any further, I, I think I can see Lisa. Lisa? Yeah. Well, hang on. Wait, wait just a second. Could I ask Nick and Naomi, Jeremy and Joe, and Lisa, have you lost your, is your husband here? Or? He is coming. At what point is he arriving? Okay, so could you stand up on behalf of both of you? Could all five of you stand up, please? Can we just honour these guys who together have sought to lead this church from start through to now and want to lead it onwards, please? We just want to give them a round of applause to honour and thank them for all they've done. So, well done. Thank you. Um, when you guys get to heaven, part of your well done will be well done for Dickert Community Church. Oh, sorry, why did I say that? Kingscourt Church, Dickert. Um, anyway, um, and just before we go any further, uh, Nick responded to this, but there's a real sense that the Holy Spirit is here right now. You know, Holy obviously, just to be clear, Holy Spirit is always here right now, Yeah. I'm sure you realise that because God is after all everywhere at all time. There's no point that God forgets about it. It's not like God suddenly went, oh my gosh, I missed that bit of time. Yeah, he's here now. Uh, and I just want to pause and, and, and welcome him because there's something he wants to do in our hearts in the next uh, 28 minutes or whatever it is I've got left. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We settle our hearts before you. We open our hearts to receive from you.
Would you work in us and take us more and more into your ways and your presence and your heart that each of us might be transformed even this morning by your power. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Make us super sensitive to you, we pray. Come and set yourself in us even now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, Jesus um, had a bit of a motto. Uh, I'm sure you've noticed this when you've read the New Testament, when you've read the Gospels, the stories about Jesus. He had this thing which went, I only do what I see the Father doing, and I only say what I hear the Father saying. And um, one of the things I, I, I like about your uh, strap line is that it mirrors that in other ways. Your strap line is, I think, loving God, loving others. I did check with Nick beforehand. I thought I'd better get that right. It's always awkward if you quote the wrong strap line at an event like this. It's like loving God, loving others, which basically is being so fully engaged with God that we know him intimately and therefore we carry him to others. You see, the only thing of value that you and I truly have to give away is God. I mean, you're all really nice people, okay? You're all amazing, full of gifts and full of wonderfulness that help you to give God away. The, the, the thing is, we're here to give God away. So loving God, loving others is just a brilliant strap line. And even more delightfully to me, it happens to line up with, as a group of churches, our, our line, which is that we want to build churches that are gateways from heaven to earth. It's all about heaven happening on earth. That's, you know, when Jesus was saying, I only do what I see the Father doing, he's saying, I see the Father wanting there to be more of the good and the wonder of heaven on earth, and so when I see him do it, that's what I do. And when I hear him say stuff, that's what I say. And these whole things about loving God, loving others, gateways from heaven to earth, are all about the good that is God, the love that is God coming into real, tangible existence on earth. From healed hands to other miracles. Even miracles where God messes with time. I was at a meeting recently and I got to the end of it and the weird thing was that we finished on time. <laughs> and I'll say why that was weird. I'm actually pretty focused on, on honouring time. And I'd seen the programme that we'd written for this particular meeting. And I'd gone, oh my gosh, we stand no chance. Not least because we had a whole bunch of external speakers who we were asking to talk for three minutes. Now, if you've ever asked external speakers to speak for three minutes, I gather you're going to do that later, Naomi. I look forward to it. Yeah, so, oh, it's you. Oh, okay. I misread that. Um, but, but here was the weird thing. We go through it and we were doing this meeting and it was a phenomenal time. People were meeting with God and, and these people were, it was great. And every now and then I think, I'm pretty sure that if I've got this time right, we must be 10 to 15 minutes over. And I'd gird, gird my strength, as it were, and look at my watch and we were on time. Now, if I'd added up all the time, we'd, we'd definitely are over time. So God does miracles even with time, which is a cool thing. And it's all part of him bringing heaven to earth. Now, heaven 
is where God's boundless creativity and his perfect order reign in life-giving harmony, unsullied by sin. Heaven is where God's boundless creativity and his perfect order reign in life-giving harmony, unsullied by sin. So there's an example of that in Romans chapter 14. Paul says this, you see, the kingdom of God talking about heaven because heaven is where God is king. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace and joy in Holy Spirit. So just pause for a moment. Just imagine a world where everything was righteous, peaceful and joyful. Just imagine walking into work tomorrow morning And everything, and I mean everything, being righteous, peaceful, and joyful. That'd be like heaven on earth, wouldn't it? When we talk about heaven on earth, it's actually a very, very real thing. God wants us to be part of the wonderful journey of bringing that about on earth as he works in us and through us out into the world. And he does it in remarkable ways. Have you ever wondered about that verse where Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these? You ever wonder about that? Because I kind of read it and I go, well, I, you know, in the nicest possible way, I'd like to be a grown-up. <laughs> well, am I the only person who ever thought that? It's like, I don't think God wants me to stay two years old my entire life. Otherwise, creation would be different. So what does that mean? What is Jesus getting at that? It's like he's, he's messing with our mind. Jesus often messes with our mind. And it's because there's something about being a child in the family of God that is truly profound and truly powerful. That there's something about that relationship that God wants us to live in because out of that flows the kingdom of heaven. Out of that relationship flows profound things. So, Dee, I wanted to come and share something at this point. Because so, I'm a kid, so you know, I understand it. Um, What does it mean to be a child of God? I think from the testimonies we've heard this morning, we can see some of that. That to be a child of God means that the God of all creation steps into our lives and reaches out his hand to us. I loved your testimony, Graham, and Mike's actually. That sense of God reaching out his hand to us. And showing his faithfulness and his love. To know that we are loved and delighted in. I've got three children, three girls. And hopefully they know that they are loved by us. I think it's fairly clear from their relationship. They don't feel like they have to compete for our love. They don't feel like they have to tick lots of boxes to know that their parents love them. And as children of God, we don't have to compete with each other or anyone else. We don't have to tick a load of boxes. We don't have to get to that top level before God 
or demonstrate his love to us. We'll want to spend time with us. As a, as a parent, we want to spend time with our children. Um, our eldest went off to uni last year and I let her go. But it was hard because I want to spend time with her because she's my daughter and I love her. And that is a tiny little example of how much God loves us. And when we, obviously, it was good that Zoe went to university, but when we walk away from him, his heart is aching for us. His heart is longing to spend time with us. Um, those of you who are at the camp in the summer, Brian Heasley talked about the fact that God wanted to walk with Adam and Eve, to spend time with them, because it brought him pleasure, we bring pleasure to God as his children. And that's not out of any, I mean, all of the lovely things that King's Church does, all of those, he's pleased with you. But actually, if you did none of them, he would still be pleased with you because you're his children. He wants the very best for us as his children. And when we're secure in the knowledge of that, that he loves us and wants the best for us, that gives us a security that we can just rest. And one of the things I've been learning about um, over the last six months is about resting in God and having that Sabbath rest where I just spend time with him. Novel idea, I know the rest of you probably all do this all the time. But that sense of spending time with God is really good. And that as his children, that's what he wants most. It's not about what we can achieve. It's not about what we can do. It's not even about how good our praying is. It's about spending time with our Father because he loves us and he delights in us. And um, because of who I am, you know, I have a few discussions with God about what's the point of this? Because it can feel like a waste of time, can't it? When you say, actually, no, I'm going to spend a morning or an evening or I'm going to set aside this time to worship and pray and study and just be with God. Think about all the things I could do with those three hours, let alone the shopping or the cleaning or anything else that might have to happen in my house. What's the point of spending time with God and going deeper? Well, as I said, I've got three children and I'm married to Neil. I love him. We've got 24 years tomorrow. Um, not quite 50, but we're getting there. Um, but actually, I do quite like spending time with him. And you could say, well, what's the point? You've been married for 24 years and you've got three children. Why bother investing any more time? You've, you know, tick on the children, tick on the marriage. Well, you know, why? Because I love him and he loves me. And actually there's pleasure in spending time with each other that doesn't have to fill any purpose at all except build that relationship more deeply. And because we love each other. And because God loves us. It doesn't have to be an overarching goal of saying, oh, I've got to achieve something. Actually, you can just spend time with him for the sake of spending time with him. Because that's what he loves. And with your children, um, when you're going on a walk with them when they're little and not complaining about going on a walk. Um, <laughs> but when they're little, there doesn't have to be a great big goal 
now they're older, they quite like the idea of a coffee shop or an ice cream. But um, when they're little, just the very fact you're going for a walk and there's puddles to splash in and there's stones to pick up and put in their pockets and sticks, very big sticks normally, um, to take home with them. It's just the fact that you're going on a walk together. And God's saying, come and walk with me. Look, there's puddles and sticks. And I don't know about you, but now my children are older. I still, as I'm driving, I go, look, a tractor. And my 15-year-old goes, yes, mum. But there's that excitement that comes from being a child in the presence of God. From being a child that says, God, look at that amazing sunset. Look at that beautiful, beautiful horse. Look at that tiny little violet. What was the point of that tiny little violet that nobody else will see, but you created it and it's beautiful? And God's calling us to come and walk with him as children, to see things with his eyes, with his perspective. Say, look, isn't it amazing? I love you. And um, I love that thing about being glory chasers and glory gatherers. That's what God's calling us to be with him as children, to gather up his glory and go, God, you're amazing. And I think just picking up on some of the prophetic, um, if you're not wanting to go on a walk with God, if you're thinking, I'm too grown up for that, or I've got too many important things to do, that's my risk, too many other things vying for your attention, God's saying, "Don't, don't ignore the beauty, don't ignore my love, Come for a walk with me. Be a child with me. And just see what I've got to say to you without any agenda, without any ticking of boxes, because I love you and I want to spend time with you. We called um, this talk, The Best is Yet to Come. And we called it that. And, you, you know, for those of you who like things neat, you're probably wondering what the correlation is. And these three chairs are going to help us unpack that as a really simple illustration. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The greatness of the Father's love is measured in the fact that we're his children. The greatness of the Father's love is measured in the fact that we live as his children. And out of that, all sorts of amazing things happen. Church happens. People discover Jesus. People go out with the gospel. People get healed. People get delivered. People get saved. Lives are turned around for the better. But that flows out of the great love of Father, which is measured because we are his children. It's radically different to how the world looks at things. And in some ways, there are three chairs, and every single person sits in one of these chairs. This, by the way, I've nicked from a guy called Leif Hetland, and I just want to credit him with coming up with this illustration. The first chair is the chair of not knowing God. I'm hoping that for most people here, you're not in that chair. If 
you do happen to not know God, there's a great opportunity this morning to get to know God and discover quite how much he loves you and how much he's done everything so that the mess of your life can be forgiven and you can discover freedom and the wonder of being his child. The, the chair of not knowing God. But then there's the chair of knowing God, but somehow feeling you still need to work in order to be there. The chair of being a slave or a servant, depending on how you value yourself. And finally, there's the chair of living and delighting in being a child of God. A son, a daughter, a beloved child of the creator of the universe. And everybody sits in one of these chairs. And the journey of faith isn't simply to leave this chair and gets here. The journey of faith is more and more and more and more to live in this chair. To live in the delight of our heavenly dad speaking his love over us as his children. Because that's how much he loves you. And it's the measure of his love that he lavishes on you and me that we're called his children. Because you see, in this chair, we know we're saved, but we're unsure about the measure of his love. In this chair, we know because we trust that we're no longer there, but we have to perform. Because you see, slaves and servants have no security. You can, sla- you can sack a slave, you can sack a servant. But here's the thing, you can't sack a child. Under Roman law, when you adopted a child, and we are the adopted children of God, you couldn't renege them. So when God calls us into his family, he calls us to sit here as his children, utterly secure, knowing that he cannot renege on us as his adopted children. Now, the irony of his incredible love is that we can choose to go and sit here and pretend we're slaves because he gives us that freedom. We can pretend to need those things. We can live as if somehow our performance was going to earn his love when actually his love is plenty. We can live in this chair thinking there's not enough to go around so I've got to fight for my bit of attention and affirmation and whatever. But actually, you're a son, you're a daughter, you're a daughter, you're a son of the living God and his affirmation is lavished all over you. And everything that God wants to do with King's Church Digker in the coming years and decades flows not out of a great vision or a great plan, but out of the love God lavishes on human beings, calling them and making them his children. And out of that security, out of that place, us carrying on doing what he's doing and saying what he's saying. He made us to be those children.
My invitation today to each one of us is let's go on this journey together. Let's learn to live here more and more. Because as each one of us lives here more and more and more, out of us flows more naturally the love of God. Because when you're here and you're thinking that you have to perform and make things and you're worried about other people and are they doing better or worse than you and what do the leaders think about them? Do the leaders like them more or less than me? And all that kind of stuff that comes in this chair. All of that blocks our thinking and our emotions. And God's invitation is Come and enjoy my love. Come and enjoy the fact that I lavish my love on you and you are my preferred son. You are my preferred daughter. You are my beloved daughter. You are my well-liked son. God not only loves you, he likes you, by the way. Have you noticed how you can, you can, you can go, well, I know God loves me and I know I need to do this stuff. But what's coming out is, actually, I'm not sure he likes me. You know, you know that difference? Well, I know he loves me. But God wants to say, no, no. Genuinely, you're my child. I like you. I like you. I like being with you. We can kind of over-spiritualize love, can't we? It's like, love. He likes you. He loves you. And he wants to give you that security of knowing that you are his child on whom he lavishes both his love and the fact that he likes you and loves being with you. As Dee has just called us, reminded us and encouraged us. He wants each one of us to know the delight of his presence. I have a chair in my study. Actually, I have three chairs, but one in particular I'm going to talk about. And I try and sit in this chair at least once every day. And what I try and do in that chair is I call it my chair of sonship. And what I try and do is just at some point have sat in that chair. I do do other things in this chair. I don't like have a kind of weird chair that only sits. I do sit in it and read the Bible and do other things. But sometimes I, I try and sit in the chair and just stop and go, I thank you that I I'm your beloved son. I thank you that you love me. I choose now to delight in the fact that you, my heavenly dad, lavish your love on me so that I might be your son, your child, loved by you. And to let his intimate love flow into me more and more. I know what I'm like. I can wander over there fairly easily like the rest of us. Dee will tell you I'm very good at wandering over to that chair. But I want to choose to live in this chair more and more and more. Where the actions flow out of being a secure, loved son and not out of a need to prove anything. 
So we're just going to pause for a moment. Because Holy Spirit wants to set some of us free here. He wants to set some of us free from not being sons, or rather not realising the depth of our sonship, daughterhood. That the delight he has in you as his daughter is immeasurably great. And we're going to do it. Often at this point, you know, you have a bit of carnage because everyone wants to come and sit in that chair. But I think that would mess with your plans too much. So I've worked out a way of doing it differently because I want to honour what you're, everything you want to do today. But I, want, I, I genuinely am intentionally doing something different on this celebration because I want, to, I want by the grace of God to sow into the foundation of King's Didcot a way of being the church you're called to be that is never about striving and is always about living as children of God, secure in his love and everything flowing out of that. So here's what we're going to do. In a minute, I'm going to invite everyone to stand and to visualize in your head what chair you want to sit in. I mean, you know, you can choose any chair you want because it's the kingdom of God and you're free. But to decide in your head which chair you... I mean, I'd recommend this one, obviously, if you haven't worked that out yet. And then I'm going to pray and invite you to sit down in the chair you've chosen, which I'd recommend to be the chair of being a son, a daughter, a child of God. But we need some... It's, it's helpful to respond and act. So can I ask everyone to stand? My invitation to you this morning is to come and recognise and acknowledge that this chair can be where you live. And invite you to choose in your hearts and say, God, take me to the chair of childhood. The chair where I'm your child. Uh, so look at the chair behind you in your head or visualise whatever you want to do. I've shut my eyes, I can't see what you're doing because I'm just trying to focus on God. Because I'm trying to do this with you. So God, I choose to be a child in your kingdom. Help me to go there and be there. Holy Spirit, would you come? Right now, Holy Spirit, would you break off from some people, the people who have it in this room, an orphan habit, an orphan spirit that says, I'll never be good enough to be a child of God. I declare that that is a lie in Jesus' name. And I speak into you, if that's you, I speak, if you said that to yourself, I speak into you the truth that you are beloved of the living God. He's lavishing his love on you and you are most welcome as his Child, just like the prodigal son was. Always welcome, but never as a servant. Always as a child. And he welcomes you to come and sit in the chair of being a child of God. And actually, 
I've, sorry, I've got to do this. I'm going to have to change it because God woke me up three times in the night and told me to do this and I'm trying to be nice. But actually, one after another, I'll just come forward. If you want to come and sit in this chair as a declaration that you're choosing to live from henceforth as a child of God in his security and you choose to trust God and leave him your insecurities and ask him to take you on a journey of coming more and more into the freedom and security of childhood, then just come for a minute and sit in this chair. This one. A space to come and sit. Jesus' name. And then when you start, just come and stand next to Nick and we'll pray. Welcome, son. Welcome. Welcome, son. Welcome. Welcome, daughter. Welcome. Do stay at the front if you've come and sat because then we're going to pray for everyone who's come and sat afterwards. To the person who sat on the chair and I tapped on the back, I was actually trying to play, pray a blessing on you, not telling you to get out of the chair. I apologise that that was misinterpreted by you. That's why I've stopped touching people so I didn't get misinterpreted. Please forgive me. Mother's womb, you have chosen me. 
Holy Spirit, in the midst of family wonderfulness, thank you that you've been setting us free. And all that you have done right now in many people's lives as we've responded and chosen to be more and more and live in the truth of our childhood in you, the love you lavish on us. I seal that in Jesus' name in our spirits. I pray it into fullness and declare prophetically that these lives will never be the same again. But the journey has started of coming into greater freedom of being the children of God and knowing his love lavished on us day by day. And may the King's Church be known more and more as a place where people become sons and daughters, daughters and sons of the living God. In Jesus' name, amen. Great. Thank you. Neil and Dee, I think that is going to be really key for us as we go forward. God wants us to know him, to be his children, and to live in the good of that. And I think that's going to be transformational for us. That's brilliant. In a few moments, we're going to do photos. If you've got kids in creche and you've not picked them up yet, please do do so. Um, after the photos, the bouncy castles and stuff are all going to be live, but not quite yet. So if we could just keep people in here for a couple of minutes, we'll sort out photos, and then we're going to, um, then, then everything will happen, basically. <laughs>